Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Transform podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zeller. If this is your first time here, I'm so excited to have you join me along on this Transform podcast journey. Today, what I'm going to talk about is intuition. Because so much of what I do has to do with intuition, has to do with working with other people's intuition and working with my own intuition. I can't imagine I'm only going to do one episode on intuition. So as you may have seen in the title, this is going to be part of a series, a intuition series. But today we're going to take on a certain perspective. So there are a lot of different varying opinions, views, and perspectives on intuition, including scientific perspectives on intuition, like from a scientific viewpoint, what is intuition? How is it occurring in our body? Where is it coming from? And that's all very interesting, but it's not what I'm going to cover in this episode. In this episode, what I'm going to talk about is a way of thinking of intuition that can help you discern the actual voice or promptings of your intuition from just your typical everyday thinking. So what I really want to give you here in this episode is a tangible way of identifying your own intuition, a way of connecting with your intuition, and potentially strengthening that connection and following through with what your intuition may be guiding you towards or guiding you to do. Now, because I love In all of my work, I love the idea of presenting people with information, but then providing them a tangible way of applying it, providing them with an experience or with tools and techniques to actually put into practice, put into use the information that I'm sharing. I've decided to do a little online guided event called Connect to My Intuition. Now, I've done these events before, and they can be really fun, you know, over Zoom with a lot of people. They can be transformative and amazing, whether there are three people on the call or 300. So this is for all of you. This is for any one of you. No matter how many of you sign up, I'm going to be there and we're going to go through this. So what this is going to be is it's going to be on Tuesday, July 27th, 2021, just in case you're listening to this episode way in the future. And it's going to be at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The cost is going to be only $27 to join. And it's going to be one hour, a one hour live workshop over Zoom. And in this live workshop, you will be led by me through multiple exercises to connect with your intuition in real time, to find inner clarity, and to quiet the opposing inner voice of self-doubt and criticism. So this is for you if you want to find some clarity in your life about something, generally speaking, or in particular, if you want to offload some stress or anxiety, if you want to trust your inner voice more deeply, and if you want to discover what your intuition wants to share with you. I've worked with many clients and their intuitions through coaching sessions, online workshops, and live workshops like the one that we will be doing. And all you need for this workshop is a quiet space to be in a notebook, and an hour of your time. Now, if you can't make this event live, no worries. If you sign up before the actual workshop, then the recording of the event will be emailed to you after its completion. So again, this is on July 27th, 2021. Tickets before the 27th will be just $27. After the 27th, if you'd like to buy, if you'd like to purchase the recording of this live workshop, they will be $47. So even if you can't do the workshop live with everyone, it's just as powerful listening to the recording afterwards. And in addition to that, uh, even if you do come during the live event, you could use this recording over and over again because it will be a live guided experience to connect with your intuition. So it can be used as a tool repetitively. So uh, if you are listening to this after the 27th, then use the link in the show notes to purchase the recording if you'd like to. And if you're listening to this before the 27th, also follow the link in the show notes to sign up 
I'm really, really excited. So July 27th at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, connect to my intuition, a guided online event. In this episode today, I want to talk about what is intuition. How do you know if your intuition is speaking to you? What can connecting with your intuition do for you? What are some potential signs that your intuition is trying to connect with you? And how do we listen to our intuition and trust what it is guiding us to do? Those are the things I'd like to elucidate in this little dialogue with you. So let's first start out by just talking about what is intuition. And as I said, there's a lot of different varying views and opinions. I mean, I myself hold a lot of ideas about what exactly intuition is, where it comes from, how it manifests in our body, etc. But what I really want to hone in on today is kind of the essence of intuition, which is your inner voice of love and wisdom. You could also say that intuition is the voice from your heart's center, from the authentic core of you, It's the still, quiet voice within. Now, I've lectured on really big stages about intuition before to people that didn't know I was going to talk to them about intuition. Um, You know, I can't kind of came in, uh, I, I, in a very sneaky way, started talking about intuition. And interestingly, you know, even in the crowds that I thought might be the most resistant to the idea or concept of something like intuition... A lot of those people would come up to me afterwards and tell me that they knew exactly what I was talking about. You know, when I would say phrases like the still, quiet voice within, uh, the whispers that you hear, when I say, what does your heart want to do? Most people automatically know what I'm referring to. Now, I think one really good way to talk about intuition is to contrast it with what intuition is not. So we have our intuition, which is kind of like our heart's center, our inner voice and love and wisdom. And then we have the, what I might call the overthinking mind. The overthinking mind being like the chatter in your mind that's always telling you what you should do or what you have to do. So let's contrast that for a second. When we talk about intuition, intuition comes from the heart, your center, the core of who you are authentically. Intuition knows what you need. Intuition knows what you can do, like what you can really do. Intuition knows exactly how big you can be. Intuition knows the vastness, the infinite nature of your full potential. Intuition knows your gifts, your abilities. Intuition knows who you are really. The deepest, deepest parts of you that are amazing, but some of those even deep parts of you that you don't allow to be seen. Intuition knows all of you. The thinking mind is the thoughts and the chatter in your brain that are part of the inner voices that instruct you. Now, the thinking mind consists of these inner voices that are inside your mind that have actually been created from past experiences and memories that you have actually made a part of you. Let me give you a really good example of this. Say when you're growing up, you have a instructor Or if you played sports, you could think of it as a coach. So maybe if you played music, you have like a music instructor or you have an instructor at school or you have a coach with the sport that you played. Now, there was a certain energetic frequency to the way that this instructor or this coach spoke to you. There was a certain cadence to them. There was a certain way that they maybe guided you. And let's say for a second that At one point, you had a really harsh or strict coach or instructor. 
think back to just maybe one teacher, coach, instructor that you may have had growing up and think about the way that they would talk to you. And now notice the way you feel in your body when you think about them talking to you in that way. And now consider one of the voices in your head could be that coach, teacher, instructor talking to you. So in therapy, when I was in therapy, my therapist would say to me, you know, what is the internal mother saying? What is the internal father saying? Because interestingly, what happens is, you know, when we grow up with certain caretakers or people that we work, that we really need in order to feel a sense of love, safety, and belonging, which can be caretakers, parents, nannies, babysitters, grandparents, older siblings, or instructors, teachers, coaches at school, these individuals have a influence, a large influence over us, and we need to a certain degree their approval in order to feel safe, loved, and accepted. So what happens is that when we're younger, we listen to them, follow their guidance, or even if you were someone that really rebelled, you were still listening to them and actually choosing to rebel against them. And then the voices of them became internalized. And what happens is that we then carry those voices with us in our minds. If you take a moment to really think about this, you will sense it immediately. If you think about certain things that you tell yourself that you should do or that you have to do, if you cue into who in my life would tell me this exact same thing, you can probably identify who that voice belonged to. So our thinking mind consist oftentimes of these voices from our past experiences, memories, people in our lives that we have internalized. Now, why would we have internalized them? Well, because they taught us how to be. They taught us who to be. They taught us who we should be. And when we were children, we needed to follow along. We needed to listen. We needed to internalize those voices in order to survive. But then we get into adulthood, and sometimes we find those voices are prohibiting us from being who we really want to be, from allowing ourselves to be fully seen, from doing the things that we actually deeply want to do. They are trapping us in an internal prison of our shoulds, and our have-tos. Now, if this is like a new concept to you and you're thinking, what? I don't know about that. I would really challenge you to actually take a moment with this and think about the last time your mind told you that you should or that you have to do something. And don't think about if it's right or wrong. Just think about if I had to choose a voice of who this belongs to, who would it be? And see who comes up for you. Because right now what we're doing is we're not saying those voices are right or wrong, what we're doing is we are just identifying the fact that they are likely internalized voices of other people in the path of our lives. Now, oftentimes the internalized voices will include instructions to you to avoid bad things from happening. These voices will tell you what to do, what you should do, what you have to do to avoid catastrophic things from happening. See, the primary mission of the thinking mind, which consists of these collection of voices, is to keep you alive. To keep you alive is the primary mission, and I would say the secondary mission of the thinking mind is to help you avoid facing shame or rejection from the tribe. So I don't really want to dive too much into the science of this, but our minds have evolved evolutionarily speaking. And oftentimes what tends to overpower our thinking mind is the reptilian brain, part of the older part of our mind, and even some of the more evolved aspects of our mind, wants to protect us from dying, wants to keep us surviving. I mean, the primary role of the thinking mind 
is to keep us alive. And in tribal cultures, what has happened to people that have been rejected from the tribe is they can't survive alone. So in our DNA is wired in this desire, this need for connection, this need to be part of the tribe. And that's why sometimes in your life, if you have felt rejection from anyone that you looked up to, admired, it can feel like devastation. Even though you may look at this and say, why am I so devastated that this person didn't invite me to this party? You may know, intellectually speaking, that everything's fine. And yet your body is responding extremely emotionally. And that's because that's the way you are wired to respond. And so what the thinking mind is going to do is it's going to do everything it can to help you avoid being shunned or rejected by the tribe. So it's going to just be trying to keep you alive. And the interesting thing is the thinking mind isn't always logical. Now we use our mind to try and understand things and to come up with logical ways of thinking. However, that there is a distinction between the way we use our mind for understanding versus the way the mind can control us with this overthinking aspect of the mind where it is incessantly chattering at us or instructing us as to how to survive. That's two different uses of the mind. The use of the mind to understand and to logically decipher and discern something versus a listening to the part of our mind that is instructing us on who to be and how to be. That part of our mind that is instructing is actually not built on logic, contrary to popular thinking. What it's actually doing is it's always running off of worst case scenario thinking. Let me give you an example. A lot of people, I mean, the number one fear of people is public speaking. Why for so many people does it feel like if they stand in front of a group of other people and speak to them, share ideas, relay information verbally, why do they feel like they're going to die? Is that logical thinking? Is it logical to feel like I'm going to die if I have to stand up and speak in front of a group? No. I mean, not generally, right? <laughs> I guess in those really rare instances where you're speaking in a really unsafe area. But for the majority of the time, I would say you're not going to die. So the interesting thing is the thinking mind is in a feedback loop with your nervous system. And actually, your intuition and your heart center is also in a feedback loop with your nervous system too. But the way the thinking mind is connected with the nervous system is if you if it wants you to do something, if there is a voice inside your head that is saying you should do this, you have to do this, a lot of times it's also triggering your nervous system. And so it's saying, you know, you have a friend that says, hey, I have an emergency. Can you go pick up my kids for me? And you know that you're totally exhausted and you know that there are probably other people that she could call. But there's a part of you, there's a voice in your head that's saying, you have to do this. You have to put your own needs aside. You have to do this to be considered a good friend. You have to do this to be accepted. And of course, you're not hearing all the reasons why you have to do it. You're just hearing, I have to do this. I have to do this. But what you're feeling is you're feeling a fight or flight reaction in conjunction with your thinking mind. You're feeling like it, it almost doesn't feel safe to your body to say no to that friend. Of course, you can replace that example with many. But this example gives you an idea of how the thinking mind sort of controls you, which brings me to my next point, how to know if your intuition is speaking to you. So what we're doing is we're contrasting intuition versus the overthinking mind. And the question really here is, how do I know if it's my intuition or my thinking mind? And the answer to that is there's a different energy behind and attached to the information or thoughts that come from your thinking mind versus your intuition. The energy attached to those two things feels differently 
in your body. So let's first look at what it feels like, what the energy is like with the overthinking mind. In the overthinking mind, you're going to have a lot of chatter. It's going to be fast, quick. Sometimes it's going to include something like self-criticism. The thoughts that come into the thinking mind are going to feel really charged and often create a sense of urgency or anxiety within you. Any thought that has a should or a have to or a I better do attached to it is coming from the thinking mind. Any thoughts associated with dread, fear, or anxiety are coming from the thinking mind. Basically, any charged thinking and feeling are coming from the thinking mind. So there's a link between charged thinking and feeling. As I said, there's a feedback loop with the nervous system. So if you have a thought that you have to do something and it's coming into your mind, but it's also you're also feeling a sense of dread, fear, anxiety, dis-ease with the thought, it's likely coming from your overthinking mind. And what is the primary mission of the overthinking mind to help you survive and to keep you in the tribe? Oh my God, that rhymed. To help you survive and to keep you in the tribe. Wow, it's amazing. (laughs) All right, how does intuition contrast with that? Now, intuition comes through in the body differently with different people. Like we're not homogenized. We're not all the same people. And so intuition is oftentimes going to present differently for all of us, just like in certain ways, the overthinking mind can present differently. But there are some threads that bind. There are some similarities between everyone's intuition. The first thing is that generally intuition comes in quietly. There's a calmness to it, or you might say a neutrality to it. And that's why a lot of people recognize, you know, the still, quiet voice within, the whisper. That's because intuition doesn't hit you over the side of the head. It doesn't provoke strong, charged fear, emotions, or anxiety. It's just like, it's a still, quiet voice within. Intuition can also come in as a gut instinct. If you are someone that has like a gut instinct that's like, oh yeah, my gut is telling me to do this. To you, that probably feels like a, almost a push in forward motion. Like it's like a certain knowing that you could actually say you feel in your gut. However, this knowing, even though sometimes it can come in really strong, like it's a really strong knowing for you if you have this gut instinct, it does not feel threatening or fearful to you. It's just like a knowing. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to do this, but it's not like, you're scared. It, it doesn't evoke fear along with it. Intuition can enter into your mind like a thought, but oftentimes it's not a thought that you would usually think. So for instance, a client of mine said one day uh, she was opening the front door to her home and all of a sudden there was this thought of moving that came into her mind. And she noticed that it was a different, it had a different energy to it, it had a different tone to it than her other thinking. And also that was a thought that she hadn't entertained previously. There was something different about the thought that popped into her mind. And when I asked her what it felt like, she responded that it felt kind of neutral. Intuition will often come in to our minds, to our bodies, when we are creating space for it to come in by doing something maybe automatic. So it's like when we do activities like driving or showering, the interesting thing is our conscious mind, our overthinking mind is a little bit distracted because we're actually doing something and it gives the opportunity for our subconscious or our intuition, our heart-centered knowing to come through. It creates a space for it to come through because the overthinking mind isn't really loud in those moments. And so oftentimes people come up, I mean, this is also like into like creative ideas, bursts of inspiration can come in through intuition. I mean, they generally do. The best artists are using their intuition all the time. And these creative ideas can come through oftentimes in places like the shower or when you're doing the dishes, something you're automatically doing. Now, intuition can also come in and it can feel like a sudden feeling that there's something to say or do like a deep knowing, 
or a draw towards something. Like you're walking down the street and you could go left or right and there's something that's pulling you right to take that right hand turn, to turn right. It could come in as a feeling in the body. It could come in as an emotion or as I said, a thought in your mind or even a vision or a picture of something that pops into your mind. These are all ways the heart or your intuition is trying to connect with you, comes through to you. But in all of those ways, there is a softness to the thinking and feeling. It's not overly charged. It's not threatening to you. It's not scaring the shit out of you. Now, sometimes, interestingly, we can have like a gut instinct or a sudden knowing about something that we feel like our intuition is guiding us to do. And then we can have a triggered response in in response to it. For instance, let's say I'm in a really shitty relationship and it's just been getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm crying and I'm driving one day and all of a sudden I just get this like little inner voice that's like, you need to break up with them. And the voice is really still and quiet, but then there's something in me that immediately feels panic at the thought of following through with the guidance of that intuition. And then I suddenly become triggered or I start feeling fear or panic in response to the intuition. But if I think back and I think, how did it come through initially? It came through soft and gently. And it was essentially just the overthinking mind responding to it that is now making me feel a triggered emotion. So that is how you can sort of discern between intuition and your overthinking mind. Now, what can connecting with your intuition do for you? Well, the way I want to think about this is what it looks like in your life when your thinking mind is predominantly in charge of your reality. So let's say 98% of your behaviors, actions, decisions, maybe even the way you're thinking is based on what the thinking mind is telling you to do. What's your life like when you're like that? Well, first of all, you're living automatically. Like you're living, you're not taking a brief moment to consciously choose what you're doing. You're, li- you're living just automatically without really thinking. And also you're most likely living defensively because when you live from what the overthinking mind is telling you to do, remember the mission of the overthinking mind is to help you survive and keep you in the tribe. That's actually a defensive posture of living. You're going to act, behave, do things in a way of making, just making sure you survive. There's, there's a real paradox here because, you know, you may think, okay, well, that's logical because I don't want to die. So yeah, of course, I'm going to follow the thinking mind. But the thinking mind is only ever trying to protect you from dying. And what it's not doing is helping you live. What it's not doing is helping you expand. What it's not doing is, is guiding you to transform to feel joy, to seek excitement, to flow, to find flow in your life, to do things with ease. The overthinking mind is not concerned with any of those things. It is just rooted in a survival instinct. So if you're living predominantly from your overthinking mind, what you're doing is you're just surviving and you are not thriving. What does it look like when your heart is what you're predominantly listening to? Well, your heart, your intuition knows your actual desires and your needs. What it does is it can scan your body and see what you really need, what you really desire, and what you can actually do at that time. Let me give you an example of this. If somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, do you want to come over Friday night for a barbecue? But you know that this week, You've worked 80 hours, you've hardly slept, you feel like shit, you're totally exhausted. Your intuition is going to tell you, no, you need to go home and rest. Your body needs to rest. Even if you, even if on another week you might, this might be something that you want to do, your intuition is scanning your body and knows that it's not what you need. It's not what you can actually do at that time. But what is your overthinking mind going to do? It's going to help you survive and keep you in the tribe. So of course your overthinking mind is going to say, you got to go to the barbecue. 
So if you're listening to your heart in that instance, you're going to go home, you're going to rest and rejuvenate. Maybe you're going to watch a movie in bed, take a long bath, have a glass of wine. If you're listening to your overthinking mind, you're going to go to the barbecue and you're only going to deepen that bodily depletion that you're feeling. What your heart and your intuition is concerned with is your overall journey. It's concerned with helping you be yourself authentically. It's looking for places that you might be hiding yourself. It's looking for ways that you are not really living into your the bigness of what is you. It's concerned with ways to help you find rest, recovery, and rejuvenation. It's, it's concerned with expanding your joy and excitement. It's trying to help you thrive. So the mind is never concerned with what you need. It's just how can I keep you alive and free from shameful feelings or rejection? The heart is what do I actually need to make me feel more alive and connected to myself and the world around me, a deep, true connection, not out of behaving just to avoid rejection, but an actual deep, true connection with others in the world around me. The mind is stopping you from dying. The heart will guide you into actually living, right? So sometimes we think, well, I have to follow the mind because I have to survive, right? I want to, I want to survive. I don't want to be rejected. Great. Is that all you want? Is that it for you? Do you just want to survive? I mean, I'm not judging you if you do, but ask yourself that question. Is that all that you're interested in doing? Because your heart also wants to keep you alive, but what it's trying to do is to guide you and to teach you how to really thrive. Now, what does it mean to have a connection to your intuition? If someone is connected to their intuition, what what does that actually mean? How is that manifesting? Well, if I'm connected to my intuition, it means I can discern my intuition from my overthinking mind. I can delineate the two. I know, okay, this thought is coming in charged. It sounds like so-and-so from my life. It's not really concerned with helping me thrive. This is my overthinking mind versus, oh, that was a still quiet whisper where I have a deep, sudden knowing rising up from within. This is more likely my intuition. And then the second thing that having a connection with your intuition may mean is that you have clarity about what your intuition is guiding you to do. So sometimes, especially if we've been cut off from our intuition for a long time, we can feel like an energetic pull or push towards something, but we don't have clarity on what that is, what that means, what exactly it's guiding us to do. And with a deeper connection, with a growing, evolving connection with the intuition, you get more and more clarity. What can connecting with your intuition do for you? Well, when you connect with your intuition and you listen and you follow through with the way that it is guiding you, then what it will do is it will guide you into living a life that feels rich, abundant, and deeply fulfilling. And how is it doing this? Because it's operating from your core center of authenticity and it knows your deepest desires and needs and it will guide you, lead you to exactly where you need to be and what you need to do every single time. Now, I had a client one time who we were talking about intuition and she said, I told her, you know, I've never spoken with anyone, uh, worked with anyone, and me, myself, in my life, I've never had intuition guide me or steer me in the wrong direction. And she said, what if you don't like the outcome of what intuition is guiding you to do? And that's a really interesting question because here's the thing. Sometimes intuition may guide us to do something, and we don't like the outcome immediately. Like, maybe intuition guides us to ask someone out. And then we ask them out and then they say no. (laughs) And we're like, what the fuck, intuition? (laughs) 
And then what happens is a lot of people will just assume intuition was wrong, right? Wait before judging your intuition, because I guarantee you at some juncture, you will look back and you will be like, oh, I see what intuition was guiding me to do. I see the bigger picture now because what happened was I asked this person out and when they rejected me, I went through this whole sort of this whole emotional experience of feeling like I wasn't worthy. But then through feeling those emotions, I was able to uncover the root of feeling unworthy and I was able to transform that. And so it was actually through the rejection that I was able to transform and realize my own worthiness. And secondarily to that, I've gotten to know that person that I asked out and that person would have been a terrible match for me. And so actually, intuition was leading me to exactly what I needed to do. So intuition doesn't call us to necessarily do like the easiest thing. No, in fact, oftentimes it's the opposite. I'm definitely not saying that intuition will lead you into a lot of suffering. It can at times because going through suffering is often the times to deeper freedom and joy. However, intuition will expand us. It will call us to the edge of our comfort zone. And the more we lean into into intuition, oftentimes the greater the leaps intuition will have us take. And that's because it's in service of our expansion. And in order to be ourselves fully, brightly, authentically, which is when we are the most magnetic, by the way, which is when we draw the most opportunities and people in, as you yourself have seen in your life, who are the people that you're most drawn to? Oftentimes, it's those that are most authentic and that are themselves bravely. Intuition will call us to expand into our most authentic selves to shine brightly. We can't shine as brightly as we're meant to without busting through some layers that are inhibiting our expansion. So intuition is going to guide us through it. But here's the beautiful thing. Intuition knows exactly what we need at exactly the right time. It's not going to just say, hey, you little seedling, tomorrow you need to be a full-blown tree. No, it's going to say, hey, this is the way to water, to nutrients. It's going to take you one step at a time. And it's not going to call you to something that you can't do. So if your intuition is calling you to something, it's something that you can do. And if if for some reason you feel like it's something you can't do, then you can always ask intuition, like, guide me to a step that feels easier to me at this time. So intuition call, what intuition calls us to do is, isn't necessarily the easy thing to do, but it's the authentic thing to do. And when we act with integrity and behave authentically, it ultimately leads to a life of our dreams, a life that is just so deeply fulfilling. That's what connecting with your intuition can do for you. It can help you break out of the mundane, the boring, the is this really all life can offer me? Now, here are some signs that your intuition might be trying to connect with you. Something keeps coming up for you, like a thought or an inner knowing, something that you can't get out of your mind. Another sign might be that you have a deep knowing about something that you feel called to do, which you may be keeping to yourself entirely. Maybe you haven't even said it to anyone. If you feel inner conflict or tension that you may or may not know why it's arising, this inner conflict or tension oftentimes is your intuition calling you. Because see, what's happening is that when our intuition is really strong and it's calling us to do something, it can sometimes be in direct conflict to what our overthinking mind wants us to do. And that is actually the sensation that it then creates is an inner tension. If you're feeling an inner conflict, inner tension, oftentimes that's because your overthinking mind might be in direct opposition to what your intuition is telling you to do. And you're feeling that tension in your body. If you feel a dis-ease in your life currently, a dissatisfaction, a languishing, your intuition may be calling you. If you feel deeply uncertain about something, and maybe this is something that you've always been doing, but suddenly you feel uncertain about continuing, your intuition may be nudging you. And sometimes, if this inner tension persists for a long time, if you are ignoring your heart 
your heart's needs, your heart's desires for a long time, then physical ailments may manifest themselves in you. Maybe you have insomnia, maybe you have anxiety, maybe you have migraines or tension headaches, maybe you get sick often, maybe you are feeling really depleted, maybe you're feeling chronic exhaustion, maybe you even have something autoimmune that's coming up for you. I am, of course, not saying that every time this is your intuition trying to get your attention, but it can and does happen more than one might think. And then another sign that your intuition may be trying to connect with you is if sometimes external obstacles may manifest themselves around you. If you are walking around with an internal tension, then oftentimes we behave in certain ways that we may not even be realizing, and that can then create external situations around us that manifest directly from this internal tension that we're feeling. This, I have an overthinking mind, but I also have a heart telling me to do something, and I don't know how to resolve that tension. This is ultimately a gift, right? Like, what your intuition always, always wants to do is free you. It just wants to free you. And the problem that we encounter is we're then faced with survival instincts that feel even stronger than our desire for liberation. We're like, yeah, I want to be free. I want to have a deeply fulfilling life, but I also don't want to die. The issue with the overthinking mind is that, again, it always thinks that it is thinking logically. So if you are somebody that you know that you have an inner knowing that this tension exists within you, that your intuition is calling you to do something, that your heart really wants you to do something, and you are resisting that because your mind is telling you to, and you are saying, I'm just behaving logically. You're actually not behaving logically. You're behaving from a survival instinct. And that survival instinct is making you think that you're behaving logically. So sometimes it really takes like a certain level of discerning. It takes sitting with this. It takes maybe journaling about it. It takes working with a coach or a therapist to really get down to seeing it differently. This is the key to liberation. This is the key to making really big shifts in your life is trusting that if your intuition is telling you to do something, but you don't logically understand it yet, if you open to it, a logical understanding will come to you. Over time, you will be able to see what your intuition is telling you to do differently. You will see that it's actually the best thing for you. But if you are gripping so bloody tightly to the what you think is logical way of doing something, then you're not even giving yourself space, time, energy to see it differently. So how do we listen to our intuition and trust what it's telling you to do? If connecting with intuition means that I can build a life that is more deeply fulfilling, then how can I move into a place of trust with what my intuition is telling me? Well, the first step to this is you must be able to hear your intuition and discern it from the overthinking mind. See, what happens is when we ignore intuition for a really long time, it actually becomes quieter and more difficult to discern. Intuition is inner truth and it's our inner truth. And when we grew up, we were often told not to trust our inner truth. And because we don't trust our inner truth, we stop using our inner truth. We stop listening. And just like a muscle that is not in use, it atrophies. It withers away. Now, you never lose your intuition, like never, ever, ever. And sometimes there's, even if you haven't listened to your intuition in years, there are certain experiences that would happen to you that like all of a sudden your intuition is going to have like this huge resurgence and it's going to wake you the fuck up. But oftentimes what can also happen is that if we have a habit of ignoring our inner truth and outsourcing our, our truth, outsourcing our authority to those around us because we've been taught that we can't trust our inner truth, then our inner truth starts quieting. And it becomes more and more difficult to hear it and to discern it from the overthinking mind. So what you have to do is you have to go through a process of growing your intuition. It's like a muscle. You know, you take that muscle to the gym and you start doing repetitions and it starts building and building. And then you can hear it and you can discern it much more easily. So how do you do this? Like, what are the repetitions? How do you start strengthening your intuition? Well, 
I mean, the first thing you could do is you could come on July 27th and participate in this workshop. But beyond that, if you have a beat on something your intuition is telling you to do, you can follow through. The quickest way to strengthen your intuition is to listen to what it's telling you to do. Every time you listen and you follow through, it's a repetition. It's strengthening the muscle of intuition. Which then brings me to the third step here, which is like, well, how do I build trust in my intuition? Because, okay, so to strengthen my intuition, I have to listen to it and follow through with what it tells me to do. And then also just as as an aside to that, if you are, you know, having trouble with that first step of being able to hear and discern your intuition from your overthinking mind, there are a lot of specific tools and techniques to do exactly this. I mean, one is journaling. Um, I have like a free workshop online that you can do journaling from and your intuition will definitely most certainly come through in those journaling sessions. But in addition to that, you know, coming to my workshop or I mean, honestly, any one of my workshops have ways to strengthen your intuition to start discerning it. And then to start practicing with these repetitions of following through. But this is something that comes up often is like, how do I build trust in my intuition? What if I don't trust my intuition yet? Well, what I, an exercise that I will oftentimes give people if they're not trusting their intuition is to just make a list of three times in your life, any time in your life that you followed your heart, and then write down how it ultimately helped you. Because what that's doing is it's showing you, it's showing your overthinking mind that you can trust your intuition. Because what's happening when you don't, when you say that you don't have trust in your intuition is you're saying my overthinking mind doesn't have trust in your intuition. You at your core know that you can follow your intuition. And in fact, it's really what you want to do. But there's this, there's these other parts of you. There's these other voices. There's these other aspects of you. There's, there's your overthinking mind that is saying it's not safe to follow your intuition. So what you can do is you can actually start working Instead of just telling your overthinking mind to like shut the fuck up, you can actually start working gently with your overthinking mind and you can say, look, mind, voices in my head, parts of me that are resisting following my intuition. I'm going to make a list here of three things, three times that I have followed my intuition, that I have followed my heart and it actually worked out beautifully for me and it was exactly what I needed to do. And then that can sometimes just give you just enough of a push, just enough of a boost, enough trust to start actually then doing those repetitions to start actually taking small steps that your intuition is guiding you to. And then the fourth thing of how to listen to your intuition and and what it and trust what it's telling you to do is to actually create conditions, spaces, experiences in your life for your heart and intuition to speak to you. So If you are always running on empty, if you are running yourself ragged, if you are totally exhausted, if you're getting sick all the time, if you have insomnia, um, if you're not getting good sleep, if you are not taking good care of your body, that is going to fuel the overthinking mind and detract from your intuition. You can create a condition, certain experiences or spaces for your intuition to come through by carving out space and time to take care of your body, by scheduling in rest and rejuvenation. Also, taking time for inspiration and creativity. When you look for things that inspire you or allow yourself to engage in anything that you find creatively engaging, this is, this is a perfect time and space for your intuition to come through. And it's often during those moments of feeling really inspired or creative that you will get burst of insights that your intuition will naturally just come through for you. And then the other thing you can do is, you know, I mentioned earlier that our overthinking mind is in a feedback loop with our nervous system. The way that our overthinking mind is connected to our nervous system is it's connected to mostly the fight or flight or the shutdown modes of our nervous system, whereas the heart is connected to this restful, connected, rejuvenated state of our nervous system. So you can actually, and this is the amazing science of the nervous system and what can be so fun about the nervous system, you can actually hack the process. Instead of going in from the overthinking mind or the intuition, you can actually go the other direction. And what you can do is you can do certain exercises that will purposely shift your nervous system. So if you work directly with the nervous system, 
you can shift your nervous system into a rested, connected state, which then opens up the opportunity for your intuition to come through. If you are in fight or flight or shutdown, it's going to be harder. I'm not saying it's impossible because I've certainly heard my intuition in those states, but it's going to be harder to hear your intuition. Whereas when I'm in the rested, connected state or the creatively inspired state, wow, my intuition comes through so much stronger in those states. So something we're going to do in the workshop on the 27th is we're actually going to do some nervous system work right at the top of the workshop to shift our nervous systems into a restful, connected, creative, rejuvenated state, which then we're creating a condition for our heart and our intuition to come through. Your heart and intuition want what's best for you. I mean, at the end of the day, it wants to guide you into living a full, expansive, deeply fulfilling life. And so if you take away from anything from this episode on intuition, you know, I would challenge you to experiment with your intuition. Follow just one or two things your intuition is guiding you to do. Let it get a little bit stronger for you. Build up that trust muscle that you have with intuition. And it will always correctly guide you. It will always, always correctly guide you. Now, you know, in this workshop on the 27th, I'm going to be showing you some of the best tricks and techniques to connect with your intuition directly. So we are going to be putting all of this information into real use. This is the kind of ultimate form of embodying the information that I've given you. So if you want to reconnect or connect in a deeper way to your intuition, then this workshop is for you because it will give you really tangible ways of aligning with it, listening to it, creating discernment, getting clarity, you know, listening to that heart-centered voice inside of you. So if you've enjoyed this episode and you think it could help a friend, family member, partner, please send it to them. And as this is a new podcast at this point, I would deeply appreciate your ratings and feedbacks and comments. If there's something, an idea that you have that you would like me to cover in a future episode, look in the show notes links and you can follow one of those links and share with me your idea or your question. And you can also see the link to the workshop in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for taking the time. I value you and the time that you have taken here with me. Deep gratitude to you. And until next time, have a great day and be well, my friends.